It is our to the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Covadale, David G, and Trevi on Brooklyn five three seven thirteen fifty. The phone number to call. Um, boy, breaking news, I guess. <laughs> Chris Kleiman was on uh, the ser- uh, Big Twelve Series XM channel and was asked about, "Hey, your uh, name's been rumored for the Michigan State job," and Kleiman responds with, "Quote." I'll be sticking in Manhattan and will not be a candidate for that job. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Hey, Sounds that's great. a win. Win for the Cats. <laughs> not only that's... that, who wants that nightmare right now? Who wants that debacle right now? Hard pass. Woof. No, thank you. I mean, you that, know, Coach... is, that is an utter mess. And Coach did sign a nice extension and, uh, you know, sticking around for, you know, seven more years. And he's going to be making some good dough. I, it seems like he wants to be in Manhattan for a while. Gene for... Taylor's his guy. Yeah. And, and you don't need to have every move scrutinized like you would by taking that job right now. Ugh. Because you know how many eyes are going to be on whomever gets that gig. By the way, um, one more thing on Chris Kleiman. Today is his 56th birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Coach. Happy birthday, Coach Kleiman. You know, Cats get it done against UCF. He shuts down Michigan State. He's staying a cat. Uh, What else? He's the man. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. He's the man. So, Coach, to celebrate your birthday, we're going to play something a little special. It's time to get set for the cat attack. It had been a minute. We probably should have played that a few more times in yeah. the last couple of months. Yeah. But, you know, it had been too long. We had we broke out the record, had to blow the dust off, and it was just this huge cloud of dust. Yeah. We have not gone there, and now we have. But someone needs to remix that, dude. By the way, can anybody tell how stuffed up DG yeah, is? I'm dying. <laughs> And he's but, blaming the uh, he's blaming the um, the allergies. Yeah, I heard it from that guy. What's the guy? Rick Valdez. Yes, on K-Man. on Cayman. Yeah, I think it's Rich Rich Valdez. Rich Valdez with his S. He said Rich Valdez. Yeah, that's how the chick says it. Yeah. yeah, and he said that allergies are getting worse, and they're getting they're earlier now. I figured it's because you have the uh, cold air blowing right in your face right now. Uh, no, I love Doesn't that. it feel great? I love that. That's my fave. I'm a big fat guy, so I, anytime <laughs> I can get that. No, but, I, dude, I'm struggling. But the cat attack makes me feel better. And I feel like I'm part of the cat attack. It's where I want to be. My, my colors, I'm showing them to people. But cat attacks need to be more serious. Like, if it's a cat attack, it's not like, hey, a cat attack. You know, you're like, oh, God, here comes a cat attack. 
You ever tried to break up a fight between two cats? Maybe I should. Uh, well, point well taken. Maybe I should change the intro for the cats instead of "Here comes the cats." Here come the cat attack. Yes. No, that doesn't work. Here comes nope. the cat attack. Yeah, yeah. But we need a mm. remix of that. I need a heavy metal. I need a. Well, I think we got a guy that can do that. <laughs> yeah. He just hasn't been on the show in a while. That's true. Big Steve. Big Steve. He could probably sing it for him. You know, and, oh, save us some money. That's right, because he does the growl thing. Yes, he does. Esteban Grande, dude. Where's he at? Hey, you know what? Speaking of music, Travion has not been with us for a couple of weeks. Oh, boy. And I ran into Trey yesterday morning. And I was just walking through the hall, minding my business, and here he comes around the corner. Hey, bitch, what's going on? I'm like, I'm, I'm good, Travion. Good to see you. <laughs> Haven't out. seen you in months. Yeah. Uh, because he's been going around the country, going to a whole bunch of music festivals, and just living his life, living uh-huh. his dream, getting uh-huh. away. Because us busy people have stuff to do. He can just wander off. But he told me, he promised me that he's got some stories to tell. Yeah, baby. And the way he phrased it, the emphasis he had on stories, I'm like, hey, man, 510 on K, man, let's get to it. There I got to hear these stories. First, I got to ask, though, remind us, so you went to two festivals. Right. Where did you go? The first festival, the first weekend, Riot Fest in Chicago, Douglas Park. Shout out. That want the festival Shout out of that it. park very badly. They've been trying to get it out for the last two years and been protesting the festival each of the years I've been. So Whoa. Don't know if they'll ever figure that out, but the neighborhood does not want that festival there. Oh, they protest and stuff. Yep, That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They and just graffiti everywhere outside the venue and Whoa. all that stuff. They just want it out. Well it is Riot Fest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was uh what was festival number two? Festival number two in Louisville, Kentucky, louder than life, the biggest rock festival in the US. Um now, four days long. Did you did you drive did you go Chicago back home? Louisville back home? Yes. It's a lot of driving. It is. What was it like seeing Corey Feldman nah. perform? Okay, so that was the first band I saw on Saturday. So I was really pumped up for it. Got a good front row seat. I was waiting. Every, there was a ton of people there. If you go to Corey Feldman's Instagram, he's talking about how it's the biggest show of his career wow. and that there was 30,000 people. I don't think there was 30,000 people there, but there was quite a few just to see the train wreck that is the Corey Feldman experience. And it was just as I thought it was going to be and more because they started like five minutes, like more like 10 minutes after he was supposed to start because there was, there was like a screen that he blew up or something yeah. and it just wasn't working. And then his band wasn't like on the right cues. Mm-hmm. I took a ton of videos. I sent Dave some videos of awesome. him yelling at his band throughout the entire thing. Like, come on, on the same time, everybody. And uh, it was just, it was beautiful. Everybody started moshing to Corey Feldman and crowd surfing. It was wonderful. I, I found a video of that performance on YouTube. And I saw what you're talking about, the, the, the screen that was blown up with nothing on it. It was just right. a white screen. Right. <laughs> and then the band was off, and he's, like, yelling at yeah. somebody. Angry. He, Angry. His back is to the people. He's looking over to his right, and he is chewing somebody yeah. out. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what can that be like, being chewed out by Corey Feldman? My other takeaway from that video is that since I knew you were there, other than seeing Janet Jackson – that might be the closest you ever see to seeing Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think he he thinks he's Michael Jackson. He or he's trying to be. He does. he does. He does. And then whenever you question him on it, he's like, I mean, people say I, I sound like Michael Jackson. I look like Michael Jackson. Saying. I don't know. And it's like, okay, dude. He wants to be MJ. I have yeah. a buddy that like 
if you squint really hard and you're super drunk and you have bad eyesight, he kind of looks like <laughs> he kind of looks like Matt Damon. <laughs> and so he uses that or he used to use it as a pickup line. And everybody's like, nobody says you look like Matt Damon. No. So that's like Corey Feldman. He's like, oh, everybody says it's kind of like Michael right. Jackson. And it's like, no, dude. I no. mean, he's small, skinny, pale, with dark black long hair. And I mean, jet black. And the little down the, like, the yeah. center. Oh, I, my God. And, and he's wearing like bedazzled jackets and stuff. He's dancing on stage. I will say, though. I didn't think his singing was terrible. No, it's not that. He's got good power in his voice. He just yeah. doesn't know how to use it. Dude, <laughs> Travion's videos are fantastic, by the way. There were people singing along yes. to Corey Phillips. Yes. Oh they were God. singing along to it. Who right. actually knows the songs is crazy. A lot of people, apparently. Mostly lot. just like the, the one he did for the Today Show. That's what got the biggest response and okay. people singing back. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. And what's with this guy's inability to play videos? Like that, <laughs> yeah. that, and then the, the whole world where he's like, I'm going to blow the lid off of the Hollywood predators thing. And right. then it did. It, it did right. It, right. Uh, that was, that's a whole other thing. I, see, I, and I love Corey Feldman's movies growing up, but if, if I'm seeing him in person and I'm not getting the diva and just the band getting yelled at throughout the show if i'm not getting that i'm not getting my money's worth yeah you're gonna i think you kind of expect it yeah apparently last weekend he was in kansas city doing a concert in lemonade park so no had no idea dang yeah i would definitely want to gone to it if i wasn't already seeing that riot fest (laughs) (laughs) and he sold out of all his merch he had specific chicago merch (laughs) i mean come on did you get one i did not i did not i wasn't really I, I didn't. I wanted to see what the price of the shirt was. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, what it's actually worth for him. Sixty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us some other stories. What else was uh, memorable about this? Um, last so two festivals. Riot Fest definitely. The Cure and Foo Fighters were the best bands the whole weekend. The Cure was awesome. I was really shocked by like how good they were. John, have you ever heard of the Cure? John Grove is in studio, not on mic, but have you ever heard of the Cure? He has not. Ouch. Really, really good stuff. Um, Play them some Cure. uh, Queens of the Stone Age, AFI were really cool. Some bands that, uh, if you have never heard of them, look them up. Code Orange and Turnstile. Turnstile is probably one of the best new rock bands I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah, they were really exciting and cool. I got to be front row. They were at Louder Than Life too, so I got to be front row for them. That was really. Really, really cool. Um, Louder Than Life, uh, the Pantera comeback, which has been a big thing in the news. So that was a big deal. Everybody, I think that was the probably the most energetic performance of the last two weeks. Everybody was really hyped to see Pantera again. And I think, broken. Yeah, yeah, even though you don't have yeah. Vinnie Paul or Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. I mean, that was a bit of the controversy of it that, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, like but I've heard they've been crushing. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, They do a good time, a good job um, paying tribute to the brothers and everything like that. So. Oliver Anthony was also at Louder Than Life. Oh! So if you don't know Oliver Anthony, he had that big viral song that went straight to number one um, a few That's weeks right. ago. Um, was on Joe Rogan and some other stuff. Uh, so he was there, and there was a big audience to see him. Maybe not the audience that I personally identify with, but sure. it was still a big deal that he was there. Um, and then Louder Than Life, Foo Fighters was there again. Green Day. Um, I got to be front row for that, and that was one of the most interesting crowd experiences I've ever had waiting for front row because everybody was super aggressive <laughs> and fighting with each other. I saw somebody <laughs> beat up somebody. Whoa. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's punk. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's punk. 
Um, and a lot of people passing out at Louder Than Life because of how hot it was in the VIP section. I saw somebody pass out and had to be resuscitated. I don't know if wow. they actually were resuscitated or not. Whoa. but <laughs> that was <laughs> That's something I've actually never seen in person, like wow. somebody doing CPR to somebody else yeah. or anything. Yeah. It's They'd, terrifying. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. I can't imagine. Uh, Falling in Reverse was really good, and Baby Metal from Japan. I've seen them oh, before yeah, in Kansas City. Yeah. I think they uh, performed on like Fallon or something. And yeah, I saw them. I saw that video. Yeah, they they were they're a lot of fun, and like I said, look up Turnstile. Wait, so who sucked? Who, who, was there anybody that was terrible? Uh, my friend, my friends were really um, into wanting to see Parkway Drive. I was not really Never impressed them. by them. They're an Australian band, uh, Event Sevenfold. They were actually better than I thought they were going to be. But again, it's just not my kind of music. So, Tool, I was actually very disappointed with as well. Whoa, which is a controversial. Hot take. Thing well, to DG say. has seen them how many times? Four and, times, and you've been blown away every love, time. Yeah, I love Tool. It definitely was a vibe, but like, they didn't do sober. They didn't do schism. I wow. have, I have yet to see really? sober four times. All four times, <laughs> I they will not play that song live. They did like six songs total for their two-hour set, and it was just mostly them grooving. Which again, it's a vibe, but you know. I don't know. Well, like, when you're at a festival, it's like you want to see the hits, you yeah. know. And I don't know enough of Tool's discography to be like totally into it. But there definitely was a big audience, but there also was a ton of people leaving during their show. I Ooh. noticed that like, I've been to a lot of festivals, and I've noticed that's also a time where bands like to break out a lot of newer stuff. Like, okay, there's a ton of people here. Right. Maybe they some of them like our new stuff. They'll go buy our music and stuff, and right. don't really rely on the hits as much. Mm-hmm. So you kind of run into that sometimes with festivals. I've been there, but it's like I saw a Perfect Circle. That's you know another. Um, right. Maynard band and they mm-hmm. didn't play Judith. Yeah, I'm like how do you not play Judith? That's a huge the, song. You know they they're like the reason they weren't on Spotify right away is because they're like no, we want you to buy the album and then listen to it all the way through. Like you're not exactly record. Garth Brooks guys. Yeah, come on, man. It wasn't like, they weren't even on iTunes for the longest yeah, time man, either. They like, were like against it totally, but finally they got back on there. So right. Yeah, and there was a lot of there was a lot of people rapping for them, and they had a pretty good sized audience. But I mean, like when it came to like Green Day, they Green Day did nothing but the hits, and it was just a blast the Ooh, whole time. Hey. Did they pull people on stage? They did, and there was this it's a classic thing for them to do. There's probably videos on YouTube right now, but there was like this little punk kid that got to go on stage, and he was like, "Do you know how to play the guitar?" And he's like, "Yes," and then he didn't know how to play the guitar, but it was okay. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I had a cousin that got pulled on stage one time by. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Nice. Whoa. To sing a song. Yeah. Whoa. Or like sing the third uh, chorus of one of their hits. Nice, but they do nice. that at all their shows. They, yeah. They're pulling right. people on stage, play the guitar, sing. Oh, they what? gave the kid the do. guitar too. Damn. Oh, damn. Yeah. That would so be that's, sick. Yeah, that's oh. a cool thing. What, was Limp Biscuit at one oh, of those? Oh, that is another story. So Limp Biscuit, they also had a giant crowd, but like they were trying to be funny and they came on stage and they were like, Yacht New Metal. Like, there was a big sign that said Yacht New Metal, and they okay. came out in costumes. I do like that. And Fred Durst was playing guitar, and the other guys was singing. And I was like, what is going on? Because they weren't doing, like, a Limp Bizkit song at first. And then they finally, like, transferred over. And then they're like, shut all the cameras off. We don't we want to be on TV. Um, and it was just, it was a really weird performance. And after 10 minutes, I left. Ooh. Oh, darn. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm not it's, a Limp Biscuit guy. They're still on my list. I want to see Limp Biscuit sometime. Sure. I think they'd be a good time. I just, I, people were telling me that the pit was crazy for that one, but it just, from the area I was at, I just felt like everybody was kind of confused on what was going on. <laughs> and, like, I was just like, oh, I thought this would at least be exciting to watch, but it's just kind of awkward what's going on, so. That, the, their career, kind of. Yeah. In a nutshell, really. <laughs> so, kind of Travion, what's next on your uh, concert list? Uh, this weekend, Beyonce, Airhead oh, Stadium. Whoa! He makes it all the shows, boys and girls. Wow! Try to, unless you're Taylor Swift with $800 tickets, then no. What what did Beyonce cost? <laughs> it was only like a hundred bucks oh, for terrible. where I'm at. Yeah, and who is she by herself, or is she got an, a a name opener? I don't think she has an opener from what I've seen. I'll have to check again before this weekend, but not that I'm aware of. Dude, what if she brings out Jay Z? Oh, I mean that would be pretty you cool. Freak out? It would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean she's brought out um, Megan The Stallion on a few dates, so that was cool. Um. Oh, so yeah. she like has surprise yeah. guests? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's I think even awesome. when Taylor Swift was here, she brought out like Taylor Lautner when she was here. I don't know. That was just Dude. random. But. She's going to bring gonna out Martina McBride. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to be Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody local. That was one thing I was telling my sister who went with me to Riot Fest. I was like, now he's going to think. Corey Feldman's going to think he can sell out stadiums oh. just because of this one performance. God. He's like, now I'm going to go on my stadium tour. Oh, my God. Imagine if he did get an <laughs> opening gig for somebody big. Oh, Lord. Oh. All right, guys. We got to take a break. When we come back, so I want to squeeze in another segment before I got to get out of here. Uh, as we jump back to K-State and jump back to football, as we're at the bye week, we'll reassess, of course. Has Big 12 predictions changed through four weeks of football And what do you think K-State will finish through the rest of the year? That's coming up next on The Game. We're back on The Game. Mitch, Troy, Deej, Trey. It's my last segment before I head over to Manhattan High School and before we get a Troy number 2 song of the day. Looking forward to hearing that. By the way, did you guys did either of you guys go to the Guns N' Roses show last weekend? No, uh, I believe Sloan did. Okay. But I did not. I was curious. Um, Because, you know, cats were playing. All right, right. Um, I've seen them. I, I have too. As a matter of fact, I've seen that exact show back at Arrowhead. Boy, this might have been eight or nine, ten years ago by now. That uh, Alice in Chains opened for Guns N' Roses. Whoa. Nice. It was right after they started that. It was like their big comeback. After Axel and Slash got over their feud. Um, it was just a few years prior to that I heard uh, Slash say right in front of me with my own eyes. That we are never getting back together. Ooh. We are like he was Taylor Swift ever, or something. Yeah, ever. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then here they are. Guys, is the Big 12 soft this year? Yes. Yeah. It's sad Brutal. how soft it is. Yeah, it's not the most impressive start for no. um, the Big 12 conference. And it's not so much that they're just not living up to preseason expectation. You know, some of it it is. I mean, Oklahoma State is trash. Woo. But, guys, I, I said it before the year. I was like, this is not going to be a good team. Yeah. You're, you're talking about you're, you know Gundy not taking transfer portal NIL as serious as he should be. And they get their butts kicked in the portal heading into the year. Just not doing the work that needs to be done. And bring in a guy that's been on the shelf as in not injured. He's just been on the shelf because he wasn't the best guy to start at Michigan. Ugh. And he rode the bench for two years. He barely played. And now he comes in and 
you have them start. And I, I will say, you know, Oklahoma State and Iowa State was a much better game than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely a better performance by Iowa State in that game. And Alan Bowman is, I don't know if he's the answer. Probably not. Don't and that's who like K-State it. plays next. Oklahoma State's not a good team. Um, and we'll break down the schedule here a little bit further. But we, we, you know, we've seen a ton also of quarterback injuries. John Rice Plumley, starter for UCF. Does not play. He's missed the last couple of weeks because he's out with an injury that he suffered in the last drive at Boise State. So Tim McLean takes over as a starter. And to be honest with you, he's looked really good. He's looked better than John Rice Plumley. So now Gus Malzahn, what, you know, what do you do when now John Rice Plumley is healthy again? Do you put him back in the starting lineup or do you roll with Timmy McLean? Who I think has been better. He's been a better decision maker and the offense has been a little bit faster. So that now UCF has to figure that out. But I got to say, I, and I want to repeat this. This was talked about with White and I on Monday that there should be more appreciation for the team K State beat. You know, I, I know it wasn't the prettiest. There were some, you know, bad plays for the Cats, giving up some big plays. Um, you know, but DJ Giddens still ran for over 200 yards, and K State puts 44 on the scoreboard against a pretty good team. That's a very good team this it year. Is. I mean, they are impressive so far. Just. You know, that's their first loss of the season. It wasn't the toughest schedule, but they put up a hell of a fight. Uh-huh. A hell of a fight. That was not an easy victory for K-State. I know they're a newcomer. They should be taken way more seriously. Uh-huh. They are very athletic, and they're going to beat some teams mm-hmm. this year. They're going to shock some teams um, in Big 12 play. But looking at K-State's schedule, um, you know, for the rest of the year, they got eight games left. They're 3-1, and one, eight games left in the Big 12. Texas Tech, now they're without Tyler Shuck for the rest of the year. So Baron Morton is going to be their guy for the rest of the year, most likely. They don't have Donovan Smith anymore. He's now at Houston. So basically, if you look at last year, they're down to their third-string quarterback, um, who did well in Game 1, and then I you know, I qu- don't quite remember. The, the Game 1 he had was against Oklahoma State, and he's slinging it all over the yard all of a sudden <laughs> against a great defense for Oklahoma State, but doesn't win the game. TCU has been great offensively. But defensively, they have been terrible in the past game. Terrible. Houston is not a good team. No. I think we should look at Texas this way. If you look at K-State, their struggles that they've had, the secondary has given up big plays, but I agree with Wyatt Thompson that that's a lot of new pieces in at one time, and they're getting better. They're obviously getting better. And especially in the second half, they're not making the same mistakes. They're buckling down a little bit more, putting more pressure on, and they're making plays. There hasn't been anybody in that secondary that has not shown flashes of like, that kid is really good. Uh-huh. They've all done it. Uh-huh. I really like Texas being still five games away. Because the bye week, I think, still comes at a great time. They're going to build some confidence in the next four weeks. They're going to beat some teams. Really, truly, the only I, I still you know worry about Texas Tech a little bit. We'll see what they do in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what they do. Texas Tech will be a battle. TCU will be a battle, but they should take care of Oklahoma State in Houston. But if K State could go four zero in that stretch, you're talking now about a very competitive game in Austin. Ooh-wee. Very competitive game on November fourth. Baylor is still a question mark. Their running game hasn't been as good as I thought it would right. be. Defensively, they haven't been as good as I thought they would be. That's a Fort Riley day. That's in Manhattan. KU, 
you know, right now where these two teams stand, K-State and KU, they're actually pretty close to each other. For sure. There's not really much separation between the two. I mean, honestly, if the game was played this Saturday, it's a coin toss. Uh-huh. That is a scary game heading into Lawrence. But things can change as we continue in the year. And then again, Iowa State is not good. Offensively. This schedule. Period. Yeah, yeah offensively, they're not great. You know, defense, yeah, I don't know. I, it's not like, you know, numbers-wise, they still are decent on defense. They're still pretty good, but they're not as good as last year. Uh-uh. They're not as good as last year, and, they're you know, of course, all the gambling stuff has kind of crippled their starting lineup a little bit. Uh, so they're playing a lot of backups for the whole season. What I'm saying, though, again, is the schedule has softened up. It's not, at least on paper, it doesn't feel as tough as it should have been when we were talking about this same topic Heading into the season, so when Mason says that K State should go eight and one in Big Twelve play, I in a way concur, but I wouldn't go eight and one. I would say at least seven and two. Like that should be a legit expectation. This team is good enough to at least go seven and two. You do, of course. I mean, winning at Texas is going to be super difficult. That is a team that is above everybody else. They are number one. There's a fight for number two. I think Oklahoma is certainly a number two, even though they're undefeated. Uh, They have not played a schedule like Texas, and they're going to be tested by Texas in a couple of weeks. Uh, K-State, KUTCU, they're all deserving of, hey, we should maybe be in the spot for number two. We're going to try to prove it to you in the next few weeks that we're better than you might expect us to be. Even though a couple of us are 3-1, and and we got a couple of 4-0 teams here. you know, And KU is about to go to Texas. Texas is right now a 16, 17-point favorite. I mean, KU is going to try to go into Austin and prove people wrong right now because Vegas and probably just about everybody else thinks that Texas is going to manhandle them. They might. They absolutely might. But K-State's schedule is softer than what we expected. And right now, a fair expectation is 7-2. and two. That is absolutely doable. The only other concern I have is like a TCU, a Baylor coming in, and catching K-State off guard, and they have an unexpected game that is a trap game. Maybe if they're looking ahead or, you know, TCU or Baylor plays the game of their lives and catch K-State off guard. You know, that happened in 2019 uh, with West Virginia where K-State was was rolling, and then they run into West Virginia, and West Virginia comes into Manhattan. They weren't a great team, and they beat K-State. Unexpected loss. Those happen once in a while. But K-State should be a contender. There's no doubt about it. K-State is still a contender for a Big 12 championship game. Even though they lost to Mizzou, maybe Mizzou's a better team than what we were all expecting. Hate to say it, not a fan of a lie, Drinkwitz, but they're probably better than what we expected. The Big 12 schedule is not as tough as we thought it was going to be. So K-State, as good as they are, have to pounce. Have to get over their mistakes and get the ball rolling when Oklahoma State the game comes up a week from Friday. Yep. There's a lot of there's there's one team that seems to to not be that flawed, Texas. And then everybody else has their flaws. And then there's another group that is like fatally flawed. There's a the, the bottom of the conference is bad, very bad. 7 and 2 I think is doable. 8 and 1 I think is is I think that's one too many. I re, I I see like that game, that KU game when I watch that team, I don't see anything that looks 
like prior years at all. They look well coached. They look confident. And they look like they know what they're doing every single day. Like they have a mission and they have an objective every time they go out there. And they look great. I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, really. But they look fantastic, especially on offense. They are dangerous. That's going to be a dogfight. And like you said, there could be – I think Texas Tech stinks. I'm going to say it again. I said it once. I'm going to say it again. I think they stink. But, what, like, what stops, like, a Houston or a Baylor, like, from like you said, playing the game of their life, having a game plan where they exploit something that K-State doesn't do well, and th- for whatever reason, they do it exceptionally well. I don't think it'd be Houston. I think TCU, when it comes – K-State should win all their home games this year. I, right. I, I think they're clearly better than all of those teams, but TCU would be my one worry. Not Baylor would be TCU at the top of my list. See, I'm on Baylor because of the fact that you're talking about uh, – you're, you're talking about defense being a primary building point for them. And I think – that some of our flaws offensively have been such that, yeah, I know we're scoring points. Yeah, I know. But look at the Mizzou game and look at what the offense didn't accomplish in that game. And I think that Baylor might have some tricks up its sleeve. Yeah. I think Aranda being a defensive guy has got some something that he'll have for us. But I tell you what, I mean, Baylor has the worst right now rushing defense in the Big Twelve. They're giving up way too many scores. I mean, they, they and they got exposed by Texas State in that first game. They got exposed by Texas State, even though. And then they come back. It, it's so weird. Like, and then the next week they should have beat Utah. They should have. Yeah, they should have beat Utah, but they don't get it done. And then like Shapen is out. Sawyer Robertson comes in, and he's he's not the guy. Shapen coming back. And right now, Baylor is a wild card. Because Blake Shapin has been out of the lineup. When he comes back, does things gel back together? Are they going to find some kind of consistency and be good again? When I say be good again, like you know, you know, can they just go out there and win some games? Yeah, you know, can they just finally go beat somebody and shock some teams and? Then they become like the Baylor of 2012, right. where they're four and five, and right. they demolish the number one team in the country. Right. They're a little, they're they're a little snake bit. Mm-hmm. That drive against Utah, that last drive where Utah the interception, just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, that, and then the pass interference in the, the end zone, in the yeah, end zone, maddening, maddening. It, yeah. It's they're snake bit for sure, but it's always I just I will always have that in my heart, like Baylor man, you know, <laughs> like yeah, there's that there's that possibility. Uh, I'm looking forward though to the rest of this schedule. I think the Cats could really—they really—they have a shot at doing something really special. Um, the Missouri game still didn't play their best game, and still were in it. Yeah, it still <laughs> stings because K State should have beat them. They—they they they had so many opportunities and didn't get it done. Yeah, it's still—it's it, like should be four zero. It's frustrating to know you didn't play your A game and you still should have won that game, but whatever. But. Is it still fair to say it, it feels like until Texas pro- – because history tells us Texas is going to slip somewhere, gonna but who's going to do it? Yeah. Who's yeah. going to be the one that – other than Oklahoma, K-State, other than those two teams, I don't see any legit opportunities for anybody to go beat them. They're that good. They are. I mean, they're the preseason expectations, they've been living up to it so far. They're yeah. beating teams up. They maybe don't get off to the fast starts like you know Wyoming is a great example of that where they don't get off to a good start they're tied into the second half but then they just blow them, blow it up yeah you know they they have that opportunity to turn it on and when it gets turned on they're unstoppable yeah they're good so that that is a scary part about Texas all right guys 
So I would imagine Big 12 predictions right now pretty much on key for what we had in the preseason. It just looks more winnable. Like there's not so many nail biters in the schedule. It just seems more winnable now going 7-2. and two. I think it's almost like I want to tweak it. Like I think there's going to be some more nail biters. I, I, I oh, think, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that I think they can, they have it right in front of them. To do, they they know what they got to do. I do think we're going to come away with some a more UCF where it's like there's a lot of things we can work on, but still took care of business. There's a lot of things that are like it's not going to be as secure as we thought it was, but the cats. I gotta be able to take care of business. Yeah. I gotta go, guys. Uh, heading over to Manhattan High to talk to the old ball coach. So when uh, the boys come back, it's a number two song of the day from Troy. I'm out of here. Oh. Go Cats. Uh, well, today is Wednesday, so it's Would You Rather, and it's it's less about bodily functions than the last one. Thank okay. God. I I just want to put that out there. Uh, would you rather? Speak in only baby talk voice for a day or be spoken to in baby talk voice for a day? Would I rather learn how to get AirPods to work with my phone? (laughs) 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 Um, I probably would do better if I was the one uh, happy, but then again, I would have to be around kids your kids age <laughs> otherwise then it's just downright creepy it is weird but to be spoken to in baby talk is it's so condescending that you, oh you're yes like, i i would be so angry so i'd have to be the one talking what about you well Trey? okay um you've never been around people that are in a relationship that talk baby talk to each other already Thank- oh which yeah, is the I, most yeah. cringy thing in the world yeah i wouldn't want to do either I, but I'm, I'm thank goodness i'm like you know 30 years beyond that <laughs> that's and, what actually and, inspired yeah. it we were next to this couple that like just baby talked the whole Ooh, time and i was like oh really my god i'm gonna throw up oh, gives Lord. me the heebie-jeebies yes, it was awful it was awful and then i was like Sophia, you got to go pee potty? And she's like, yes. Oh, oh, look at that. He brought brought bodily fluids into it anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, do you have any movie cliches that, that you hate? Um, like where like the, guy, the bad guys never can hit the good guy with any shots. You know, like they just shoot like five million shots. Yeah, Monica's like, a Hallmark movie fan. Oh God! I mean, come on, they're cliche the whole thing. all the way through. <laughs> That—that's exactly what they are. Is cl- we joke about the fact that she will fall asleep watching them. She doesn't have to go back and watch the end she because knows. she knows how it ends. <laughs> She's a <laughs> <Every> workaholic. Time. <laughs> he needs to take life more seriously. Get together for the holidays. <laughs> Oh, it's about that season. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Alicia Silverstone and Dermot Maroney. <laughs> <laughs> One that I'm not a fan, a fan of is either like the big theater or the company is about to be closed down and we need to put on a big show or a big oh, thing yeah. to do that. Or just like, you know, the classic kids movie, like they're going to tear down this oil tycoon's going to tear down the yeah. forest. Or whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's already happened. Yeah, <laughs> well, quite a few yeah. times. Yeah. You, you're not going to make a dent in that. Yeah. No. Uh, on that high positive note. Yay! <laughs> a climbing show at 7 tonight here on K-Man. Good night, everybody.